0: Now, to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in.
1: Hello, Cleveland. This is Alex Hoffman from the Too Much Effing Perspective podcast, and welcome to Quick Taps, short episodes with short stories for short attention spans. Our theme today is Spectacular Fails. Spinal Tap moments where circumstances snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Our first story comes from Second City legend and former Mr. Show co-star, Jill Talley. To try to save their early 90s comedy show, The Edge, from cancellation, Jill and her cast members paid the execs at Fox a visit. And well, let's just say it didn't work.
2: So we did the show, Jennifer Aniston, a little unknown. Girl, Wayne Knight, Newman from Seinfeld, Julie Brown, Tom Kenny, myself, Ellen Ruck was also in it. Fox executives were having a meeting to determine what shows they were gonna keep on the network. And David Merkin, who is the director of The Edge, came to us and said you have to go to this meeting and you have to convince them to keep the show and we're going to provide transportation and we're going to have you guys go as characters that you've played on the show go in character you're going to burst into the meeting you're going to kind of take over the meeting okay now we we were green we were new we just wanted to work and we all had a really uneasy feeling about it but we did it He told us what characters to do. Now, Tom and I had done a scene called Miazory, the parody of Misery, but it was Woody and Mia, where Woody gets in a car accident, he wakes up, and it's Mia. So I was Mia Farrow, he was Woody Allen. Wayne Knight was his character that he did on the show. There was a family that always had guns on the show. They were called the armed family, and he was someone from that.
3: Daddy! It's okay, Marsha.
2: Did he hurt you? friend from school. So anyway, we were all in costume and they loaded us onto this crew bus and brought us to Fox and the whole way there, we're in the van and no one's in the van with us. It's like they just put us in this van and went, go do this thing that we all felt sick about. And we were all going, this is terrible. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. They gave us the room number, we went in and it's all these executives around a table and we come in as like Tom's doing his Woody Allen like oh gee we just wanted the rest of the season and you know like we're all doing our characters it was horrible if anything it was the nail in the coffin of this show like we was so unwelcome they were so confused honestly it was like they were afraid of us and we fell flat and then we (laughs) kind of that was our attempt okay bye guys and we get back in the van and we just the whole way back we were just saying things like i want this van to go over a cliff and crash like we were so depressed we were like it was horrible it was horrible
1: our next story comes from comedy writer anthony farrell who while working on the hit tv show the Office* had his best day and his worst day on the same day. So
4: I am the credited writer on the episode of The Office where Kevin spills the chili. It's one of those cold opens that has lived in infamy from the very first time it hit the airwaves.
1: At least once a year, I like to bring in some of my Kevin's famous chili. It was the end
4: of the season. Late April, we were shooting the show and a full two or three weeks now, we've been talking about this chili, how much chili should be in there. Should we actually put the actual ingredients in? Is it gonna be too heavy for Brian to carry? So I was like amped up. We're gonna finally do this chili spill. Are we gonna have to do it twice? What's gonna happen? There's all this like angst and energy. And before we shoot it, like we're having a little break and so I was like, oh, Anthony, um, one of your reps needs to talk to you. So I go, pick up the phone, talk to my rep. He was like, hey, Anthony, so bad news, they're not picking up your option for next season. This is gonna be your last couple of weeks on The Office. And I was like, what? Then I had to come back out, not tell anyone what happened. The crew's like, oh man, Anthony, what a great episode. Much more to come from you, I'm sure. The sky's the limit. I'm like, yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. I'm standing beside the monitors thinking to myself, I just got fired <laughs> from this job. and. Brian comes around the corner with the chili, spills it. Everyone was excited, had a good time. It was like, ah, best seed ever. This is so great. And I'm just thinking to myself, I got to go home and tell my wife and my, I guess at this time, my daughter was almost two, Daddy don't got no bacon to bring home anymore. Literally every three or four months over the last 14 years, someone has talked to me about Kevin's chili. The universe is like, hey, this is a lesson, don't forget it. And in order for you never to forget it, we're gonna make this one of the most popular scenes on the office that everyone wants to talk about, so that you always remember
1: that you don't take nothing for granted. And our final guest is the holder of one of the world's highest IQ scores, former Jimmy Kimmel writer, Rick Rosner, who appeared on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire
3: and left a million dollars short. I've got this huge IQ, which doesn't equal intelligence. Intelligence might be one of the things that's part of the mix, but also obsessiveness wastes thousands of hours on pointless stuff. So I go on, who wants to be a millionaire? And they ask me what capital city is located at the highest altitude above sea level? And they give four national capitals. I give the wrong answer. Within a week or so, I find out they didn't have the right answer. They'd screwed up their research. When something like that happens, you're supposed to make it right for the contestants. And Millionaire had made it right for the six or eight other times, their research had turned out to be wrong. In my case, it was like a year and a half into the show, and they were tired of of making stuff right anymore. They could see that this stuff was gonna keep happening and people were gonna keep fighting them on the answers. And they decided to fight me on this. They said, well, we weren't asking what the highest national capital in the world is. We were just asking what the highest of these four cities is. And that is bullshit. A, that would be a terrible question it would be impossible to answer four arbitrary cities which of these has the highest no they screwed up so i sued them and i looked at a hundred thousand millionaire questions from around the world to prove that when they ask a question phrased that way they absolutely mean what is the number one absolute biggest highest whatever thing And I proved it mathematically. And so, yeah, I took it to court, and I lost.
1: If they asked me what the highest capital city in the world is, well, I would have to say my favorite college town, Madison, Wisconsin, if you know what I mean. Anyway, thanks for listening to today's Quick Tap. Please follow, rate, and review the TMEP show on Apple Podcasts tune in next week when my co-host alan keller and i return for more spinal tap moments from our favorite rock stars and celebrities on too much effing perspective although it would be as great as having armadillos in our trousers this podcast is not affiliated with this is spinal tap and no person or entity connected with the film has sponsored or endorsed its content this podcast is not affiliated sponsored or licensed by authorized Final Tap LLC or Century of Progress Productions. Too much effing perspective is a Milwaukee Talkies original.
4: Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lambgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast.
1: Evergreen Podcast Network.